podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. How fun is it that we had our fun interview with Teresa last week and we're going to have a fun interview with Nancy Hendrickson next week? So fun. It is. And then after that, we'll have Claire right. on the following week. And then so we have- I just think that we're like hitting a nice balance of traditional episodes and fun interviews with really awesome people. I know. I'm so glad that all these awesome people have like stuff coming out at the time that we have a I season know. coming out. I know. Seriously. <laughs> We're I not think, having FOMO. I wonder if spring or if winter and spring season will have as many cool things coming I know. out because we've been approached by so many fun interview opportunities. It's it's so true. It's been so great. But anyway, all right. So I'm going to pick a card for today and we're okay. hustling through this because we need to maintain a timeliness. Yes. Uh, in this episode. Someone has <laughs> a a jury duty that is getting in the way of our duties. Yeah, and so exactly. therefore, the we're going to dutifully do this duty. together. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So our card for this episode is the Empress. Ooh, I do Ooh, love that. That's, that's nice. I like that. Oh, that's sorry. I just switched, I switched to Korean. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I speak no Korean, but I will yeah. well, let uh, you do it as much as you want. Well, that's coming out whether we like it or not. So <laughs> You do live in Korea. That's fair. I do. I do. Uh, since we are trucking through this episode, we'll go ahead and start our question from Colleen. And she says, with Samhain coming up, I'd really like to communicate with my paternal grandmother. She was a Leo. Ha ha. And I've always thought of her as having Queen of Wands energy. That would be accurate. I was wondering if you could tell me how she communicates with me, if she does, and how I can best communicate with and honor her. So we probably can't. That's probably <laughs> a responsibility of you as her descendant. Yes. However, since we just talked to both Claire and Nancy about yes. working with ancestors specifically and bringing that in, uh, we found a spread that would be really helpful for you in this context yes. from Nancy Hendrickson's book that we already have reviewed, Ancestral Tarot, Uncover Your Past and Chart Your Future. This one came out, I think, in 2020, 2019? Oh, we, yes, because yeah, we interviewed her in 2021, oh, Yeah. Wow, time is meaningless. <laughs> it is. I was yes. just thinking, I remember that where we interviewed her, my office was still downstairs. And oh, that yes. stopped being the case in probably 2021, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it is her getting to know you spread. If you have this book, you can go to page 61 for it. Um, but we'll also probably post about it on our Instagram, obviously attributing yes. it to Nancy because she's oh, the yes, creator yes, yes. of it. But uh, I'll put together some sort of graphic for it just so that you can access it again and anyone else yeah. who's kind of interested in exploring this this Samhain season we're just mm-hmm. starting out in it and this episode will go out you know with plenty of time still in yes. October so uh, basically there are so many ways to do this if you're interested yes. in as- ancestral work definitely search out following Nancy uh, or reading any of her books either the one that just came out uh, which we talked to her about next week called The Ancestral Grimoire which you definitely should get if this is something yes. that appeals to you. This is a book that's specifically devoted to kind of like delving into it. Um, but also the ancestral tarot book is really helpful for sort of like the beginning stages of right. how to do this. Yeah. So basically the spread itself is in the shape of a question mark, which is kind of fun. It's, so uh, it's only five cards, so it's not too overwhelming. 
And once you've selected the ancestor that you're trying to communicate with, you will start doing the spread. What I would do if you already have an ancestor in mind and a card that feels like your ancestor's card in mind. Mm -hmm. So for Colleen, I would pull out the queen of wands and have that sort of as your intention yes. beyond like outside of the spread. So like pull out mm -hmm. the queen of, of wands and then do the spread sort of surrounding it. If you already yes. think of her as uh, exemplifying that feeling. If you don't, if you're doing this totally raw and you don't have a card that you think corresponds to somebody, you can spend some time thinking about a card that might correspond with them. The court cards are really good for that uh, because there's like, you know, assigned definitions of what those court cards are like. Yes. Uh, but also just use your intuition. If it's not yeah. a court card, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could be the six of cups because you want to connect with a sibling or something. It can be exactly. literally anything. Yeah. Yeah. So the first card is, how can I open the portal to communicate with this person? So that would kind of be answering the question from Colleen. Yeah. Is how should the communication be happening? The second mm -hmm. position is, how does this person want to be present in my life? Which I love because then it might be yeah. like, oh, you know, this is maybe situational or when for when you're really struggling or for joyous moments or whatever. And you can kind of like have a little bit more focus on yes. what situations um, this ancestor can be part of your life for. Yeah. Uh, the third card is how can I honor this person? And the fourth card is what can I learn from this person? Um, so both of those sort of go hand in hand. Obviously this is something you'll want to be journaling about throughout. Yes. So that yes. You, it's not going to be like an immediate like response necessarily. But the fifth position is what message does this person have for me? So you will also be asking for a specific message in that moment, but the getting to know you spread is always helpful in so many situations. And it is, this one is specifically is designed for working with ancestors. Yes, absolutely. And the interesting thing with Nancy's books is the ancestral tarot sort of introduces you to the concept of connecting with your ancestors and kind of how to do it. And the grimoire is sort of like, it goes beyond connecting and kind of gives you exercises every month in right. practicing building. with building on that foundation. Yeah, totally. So that's how the and books are different and how you can play with them. As we talked about in our chat with Nancy, also a great excuse to get a really beautiful journal devoted yes, to Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. There's, I think that the second book is really building upon the first one. So they're both yeah. super helpful. But if ancestor work is something that appeals to you, and it will appeal to so many people this time of year especially. Yes, yes. Uh, those are great resources. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. then Claire's book that is coming out at the end of this month is about seances specifically. So it might not be ancestral work, but it is spirit work. Yes. And there are a ton of exercises and resources for developing your intuition mm -hmm. and also which modes of communicating you can do. Communicating. Yes. That was a weird emphasis that I just had. It was. <laughs> Modes of communicating. So it has like not not just tarot, but like tarot right. and all of these other methods of communicating. Right. So if that's something that appeals to you, you should pre-order that also. Um, yes, absolutely. We, I have like a vulnerable moment with Nancy where I kind of realized that I have been resistant to spirit work because of like embarrassment about being taken seriously. Yeah. So if that's something that you also experience with talking about spirit work, just know that you're not alone. We all yeah. have been there. It can be yes. awkward because it's so personal. 
It is. It but is. October is a great time for it. The veil is thinning and talking to our ancestors and asking what we can do to honor them and all that stuff is a great, great chance to do it. It is. Yeah, it's a good time to connect with the beloved dead that's, you know, here and beyond. Exactly. So. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Uh, we also, in our episode with Claire, which will come out closer to Halloween, we talk about uh, what's in her um, cemetery visiting kit. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so spe- thinking of oh. Beloved Dead, that yes, was a it's, fun conversation. It's, it's just that both of these resources from Nancy and Claire were just, like, perfect for this t- perfect time timing, of year. Perfect, yeah. It was just, like, so illuminating. It was such, yeah. a, such good conversations. Yes. And so wonderful. And we already like these people a whole awful yeah. lot. So yeah. it was cool to kind of get that experience. It was. Should we do an example? Do you have a ancestor you're thinking about connecting with? Or do you think that that might be a little bit too on the spot? Um, We can see about the, the ghost I was talking. Did I mention the ghost with Claire? I don't know if I did. I don't think so. No, I did. It was it was the teacup, teacup ancestor of mine. Do you oh, remember? Yeah. Like, so that uh, the Edwardian, like, I believe it's male. So we could do, we could try him. That's fine. We could try him. Yeah, let's try yeah. him. So. Uh, do you have a card that his vibe reminded you of, or do you just want to go in blind? See how it goes. We can go in blind because I don't, I can't recall what card he presented himself as when how about i was just, doing the tea leaves let's promise him that you'll revisit him in a we'll less revisit public him later. way yeah oh, that's fine exactly. yeah yeah just so he doesn't get sassy <laughs> he can get sassy it's fine that's true that would <laughs> make sense for you also he he may like the attention that's true <laughs> so why don't it's we okay. go back and forth rather than each pulling a card for each position yeah that's fine yeah so you can do question one how can I open the portal to communicate with this person? Okay. How can I open the portal to communicate? Two, three, four, five, six, seven. The King of Cups. Okay. okay. That's funny because he came to you in a tea. He came to me in tea and this, this uh, man is pouring a cup of tea for himself. Yeah. All right. How can this person, or how does this person want to be present in Esther's life? The tea thing, Esther, that's kind of wild. I, I I guess I need to get a tea reading set. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it's telling me. Present <laughs> in Esther's life. I got the Seven of Pentacles. Oh, okay. So one of the reasons that I think that that's kind of interesting is that you're like kind of going through this period of like working really hard and seeing what the results are. So I think that maybe he specifically wants to be there with you present in these sorts of like seeing the results of labors because the next step is all the decisions you're going to have to make. Right. Right. So Maybe he's saying he'll be present for some of the decision making stuff. Oh, that'd be nice. He'd like to be. Yeah, and that daily like, yes, grind please, sort of somebody stuff. Please, fucking, somebody make a decision for me. <laughs> exactly. I'm tired of making all these decisions. Right, and it's not like glamorous stuff. It's just like day-to-day, no. like this is exactly stuff that you're seeing pay off or whatever. You're seeing the results of labor, and he wants to be there to yeah. watch that with you. Yeah, exactly. Card three huh. is how can Esther honor this person? Okay, how can I honor him? Let's see.
the Three of Cups. Oh, okay. Okay. A party. A little party, party with Edwardian him. An ancestor, ancestor. party. <laughs> I love it. Okay, what can Esther learn from this person? The two of sore. <laughs> <laughs> what decisions to make going forward? Thanks. Appreciate yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all know my story history with the two of swords. And yeah. I love that as being a lesson from an ancestor because it's like reminding you about sort of the intrinsic knowing you have about yeah. decisions you have to make, but also about your ancestors. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then your last <laughs> card to pull is what message does this person have for you at this time? Okay. All of a sudden, both dogs are, like, on me. So I'm like, <laughs> please. The Ten of Pentacles. Oh, my God. Like ancestry. <laughs> That's really that sweet. That legacy ancestry. Sort and also card. kind of, like, everything will be okay. Sort of, yeah. You know? Like yeah. It's not, it's Connecting. Not like stress. Kind of. Beautiful. Yeah. And, like, connecting back is worth it because of the legacy they've started. Well, Esther, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Colleen, thank you for asking this question. And yeah. I think that this spread will probably work great for you, too. I Yeah, I think so. I think it covers, like, a lot of nice bases yeah. that you've requested. And you're able to do it yourself since you have that personal connection right, with exactly. and your this person. Right, exactly. And your guides will want to speak to you more than they'll want to speak to us. Yes, yes. But with that being said, I also think that if you're somebody like me who has like a general sense of ancestor work being something you should be doing, but without mm -hmm. any specific ancestors in mind, that is a really good place to pick up Nancy's current book yes. that we talk about next week. Because yeah. it's all sort of about exploring who they are, who you might mm -hmm. want to be drawing to. Yeah. Um, and so the combination of both is fantastic, but I freaking love this spread. I'm super happy with that. So, yeah, I am too. Thank you for doing it with me. Yeah. Thank you for including us. And also listeners, thank you for being there with us while Esther learned about that. I love the ton of fucking yeah. tentacles coming tentacles. up there. Yeah. That was so nice. That was so nice. That's and so for me, the king of cups was so also like reassuring. Like yeah. it was actually him and not a figment of my imagination. You know what yeah, I mean? Like totally. It was nice. Yeah. That's really, he wants more from you, I think. He yeah, he to. does. Yeah. He wants to be seen. The party, the party card showing <laughs> the up. Party having a three of cups be like, let's do this. Drink more tea, read more leaves. Let's go girl. I love that so much. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Love it. So cool. All right. So our second question is from V and V says, I've been slowly learning tarot emphasis on slowly for the past year or so. I took a break during my last semester of school. I was taking 18 units and started back up after getting my BA in May. Anyway, there's so, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> there's so much information out there, including in places like YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, and TikTok, but some is contradicting or doesn't make sense with previously read books. Oh my God. No freaking oh, kidding. Yeah. Seriously. Do you have any trusted <laughs> reference sources that you recommend on those platforms? I know I have to keep practicing reading and working on my tarot practice to be better, but I still feel like I'm missing something. So I was wondering if I could also ask what are some steps I could take to expand my practice and allow my understanding of tarot, allow, sorry, grow my understanding of tarot as a whole. So We've talked about this before personally, but I think that like oh, one yes. of the hugest problems with being a new tarot reader or somebody who's like really trying to learn is that 
all of us, when we start learning, feel like we need to put our content somewhere. Yes. And Esther and I started this freaking podcast and also we're yeah. doing Instagram and it's really, yeah. really normal for people to want to express their tarot somewhere. And the downside mm-hmm. of that is that if you're slightly newer than those people who are expressing their interest, it can feel like nobody is giving consistent information right. or people are getting really into like, just only going through like, Oh, I only go to Bridget Esselmont. If it's not a right, tarot right. resource, then it's nothing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So here are, this is what I think. Okay, what do you think, Holly? Tell us. It's only based on my own personal experience. I think that when you're watching, and this includes us. Oh, yes. When you're watching or listening to any tarot creators, do not listen to them as people who are trying to teach you something. Yes. Even if they literally say, I'm teaching you how to do tarot, take Uh it as the same way that when you are like meeting a group of new people, you're Mm -hmm. listening to what they're saying, but you're not deciding like, oh, this is the person I agree with right off. Yes. Yes. Because that's impossible. You can't take everyone at their initial words. You have to get to Mm -hmm. know people to know if they're trustworthy or kind or somebody you want to spend time with. And the same thing goes for the multitude of tarot resources on the internet. Yes. So one of the things that I found for my own tarot journey that was really helpful is to not use other readers as resources for learning tarot. What Mm -hmm. I use other readers for is inspiration for types of readings I might want to do. Mm -hmm. So people like Lion's Heart, who does all of the monthly challenges and has for years. His challenges are so thoughtful, so themed, so wonderful taking on more of a directive of like what you should be reading about can really help with cutting down the chatter around you Mm -hmm. and focusing your attention on one specific theme for a month or so. So I would find somebody who does monthly challenges that you really connect with. Mm -hmm. And then every other piece of hero media that you consume is about learning about what other people think, not about discovering what you think. Yes. So almost like reframing your goal from consuming the content from being personal to being collective. Like my goal Mm -hmm. is to collectively know what all these other cool people whose aesthetic I really like or whatever are doing and how they're reading, but not letting it impact how I read. Yeah. I, I definitely think going in just with the mindset of stay curious, like don't, don't go in with the mindset, like I'm going to find the answer for this Pacific, specific, Pacific, oh my gosh, Pacific Ocean, specific <laughs> reading or like the exact answer that will solve all the problems. Right. You know, it, that's you, staying curious, like um, with taking classes or learning from different resources, because each person comes into terror with their own, you know, context, their own viewpoint, their own background. And yeah. I think that's why both you and I, when we're what I think when we try to talk through our meetings, it's like, to me, this means blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, we, we're like, if you take our meetings, like I think everyone thinks for me, like the seven of swords is like the, my meeting thing. No, that's just how I've developed my relationship with the seven of swords right. being not a thievery card. It's more of just like a creative thinking outside the box and, you know, trying to, you know, solve a problem. It's not exactly. like someone stealing from you, but that's take my answer or don't take my answer. It doesn't affect me or not. It's your personal relationship with that card and what it kind of means to you every time it comes up. Right. And I think that that also kind of brings up a good point of like there, if you, 
if you find a content creator that you really, really like and you disagree with what they think about something or another, some, like whatever it is, it, mm-hmm. if you feel like, oh my God, they will never want to be my actual friend because I don't agree with them on this, then that's like a parasocial relationship that you should probably address because everyone yeah. is experiencing things differently. And even when we're talking about like ancestral work or whatever, there mm-hmm. are going to be people who are sort of well-established, have published books, who we trust or whatever there are also going to be millions of other people who do ancestral work on an individual scale and what works for them is going to be totally different yeah what nancy talks about or what claire talks about or what we're talking about and so that is why practice is so important and that is Mm -hmm. why like absorb or accepting that information and synthesizing it becomes so crucial like Mm -hmm. the critical thinking component of saying like I know that these are like 15 different ways that people might connect with their ancestors through tarot and what, when I read them, what jumps out at me. And then Mm -hmm. if there are multiple things, how can I synthesize those things into a cohesive activity for me to participate in? Yeah. Rather than trying to like make sure that every single thing that every single person says is being incorporated. Mm -hmm. It's really where writing it all down and, pointing out to yourself the things that make the most sense for you becomes so mm-hmm. important. And that's like with every type of knowledge, like with yeah. the oh, news, yeah. like with anything, it's just like you have to get the, gather the information, synthesize the information, come up with what feels like it'll probably be the most accurate or beneficial or whatever. And kind of go from there, like self help yeah. everything. It's just like mm-hmm. all of that. There isn't going to be one way for you to do it. There's going to be a lot of ways. And so you have to, know as many different ways as you possibly can so you can decide what works the best for you which can feel frustrating because it's not a simple thing and we've talked about this before but everyone wants to be told yes you're doing this correctly or no you're not doing this correctly and this is what you should do but I just don't think that anything that's even remotely spiritual or personal can really be done that way no and I think one thing that it kind of could get predatory, but especially with beginners, because you feel like, you know, you're like fish flapping out of water with this new thing. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some, like a sense of self-confidence that you can do this on your own. Right. You do not need someone to tell you the answer or like what you, you should with astrology think. right now. After we talked right. with Teresa, Esther decided she was going to figure out transits for once and for all. She's right. going to do it. For once and for I'm like, did I do it? This is what I'm doing. And so yeah. she, Esther knows where her resources are. So she found a school that does a course that she thought might be interesting and yeah. realized it was going to be $1,500 to do that. And she's At like, least. maybe not. <laughs> Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I should access other resources. And the reality is sometimes it's easier to think, oh, I'll pay somebody $1,500 and they'll just tell me exactly what I need to know. Exactly. The whole hierophant of it all is something Mm -hmm. that I find so repelling that I'd rather have like books that Claire suggests because Claire is really good at astrology books that Mm -hmm. Teresa's written and suggested like all of the people that we talk to and all the people we interview have resource sections in the back of their books. Right. Where you can see who they use and then you can see how they've synthesized that information and you can get those books also and gather that information and try to synthesize it for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Like that saves you $1,500. It does take more time, potentially more time, but also we're, I mean, but we're also like in a age where people want information instantly yeah. and working hard for it is not 
you know, it's not helpful because we have so much time to, you know, that we want to dedicate to other things. But if right. it's important to you, then you'll make time to be able to, you know, even if it's five minutes, you know, looking at a card and be like, okay, this is the two of cups. Okay, two of cups to this person may mean this, but to me, what does it actually mean? And taking that self-responsibility to do this work. Yeah. If you really like it and really yeah. love it. And if you're looking for like, an ultimate dictionary of meanings. I, as much as I don't think that you should necessarily be doing Viddy Tarot certification courses, she mm -hmm. does have like a dictionary that's really helpful. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of good dictionaries. I think the Viddy Tarot one is really accessible, but as you all mm -hmm. know, because I've talked about it before, my absolute favorite tarot dictionary is from the radiant writer, Wade Smith. Right. Tarot right. Set. Yeah. Like I just find that book to be the most helpful in a dictionary component. Yes. And if that's where you're getting stuck, like if it's not just the hows, but also the what's like, it's not just, am I reading correctly? But also what does any of this mean? If that's, what's confusing you finding one source for definitions and just sticking with that source mm -hmm. and then having all of the other information that you gather be kind of like addendums to that, but not replacing yes. it as you gather more information. Like right. us, us having Esther's definition of the seven of swords doesn't, take away the fact that a lot of people read the seven of swords yeah. as sneakiness. Like us yeah. knowing that Esther's is more of creative thinking is good because it deepens our understanding of the meaning. It doesn't replace the meaning itself. Right. Right. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know. I think that it's really normal to feel like you're not progressing in the way that you want to, but don't worry about it. Like, right. I, it's impossible to not worry about something when you're fixated <laughs> on it, but it's just, yeah. okay, it's okay. And it's normal. And all yeah. of these, people who are producing content on the internet about it. If they're saying that they're experts, I don't know. Look at their, look at how long they've been doing it. Look at, look at how you feel connected with their content. Cause mm -hmm. I do think people can like get really good at tarot really fast. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, anyone in any situation who's claiming that they know everything is mm -hmm. somebody that you should be wary about. And we've yeah. talked about that before on the podcast. Right. Just give them a little bit of side eye. Yeah. Ask them, ask yourself, how are they making money from me thinking that they're the ones who know everything? Yes. And you're more than capable of doing this with your resources, with your mental ability. You can absolutely... Like you've got this essentially. Like right. you don't have to to be bottle fed everything. I guess absolutely is the best way to say it. Yeah. Nor would you want to because you want yeah. this to be something that you're getting the most you can out of it. And if you're following somebody else's rules, then you might not be getting everything you can out of it. Mm -hmm. But I do think we should pull cards for wondering what some next steps to expand practice and growth might be. Okay. Next steps for V. Haha, <laughs> this <Okay>. is cute. <laughs> Let's hear yours first. I got the full and the four of wands. Okay. That is fun. So, like, kind of. <laughs> Which actually sort of goes with mine playful well, kind I got of the eight of cups and the five of wands. So mine is like, Oh, leaving behind like the conflict that you're feeling and just yeah. sort of like starting afresh and making it a little bit more playful and like, yeah, like personalized, like the four mm -hmm. of wands is sort of homey. So like a little yes. bit more personalized. 
a little bit more joyful, a little bit more Mm -hmm. like I'm new to this and let's have fun rather than like the feelings of sort of like conflict and struggle and like, you know, like it's a very serious matter. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you already have done that. You have set up your cups. You've set up all all eight emotional cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're leaving it. You're leaving yep. that conflict. You're going into sort of a full period of just like making it a little bit more fun for yourself and a little bit less stressful. I think yes. that those challenges, like if you find any really good challenges, that would be a good place to start. Yeah. Those just... are sort of community based and a little mm-hmm. bit more lighthearted usually and kind right. of fun. And it's less like conflicting i think yes yes agreed exciting v good luck it is yes definitely good luck and we just can't hide it (laughs) other thing that we're excited about is that we're doing something new yay i am here (laughs) to talk esther into a tarot deck and this is going to be something that we do when one of us has a deck and the other one doesn't yes we're going to rather the Enableist Chronicles. Pure, yeah. Rather than just a pure review, we're enabling yes. each other. That's yes. the goal for this. So Yes, yes, yes. And the, enabling you in the meanwhile. <laughs> exactly. And enabling you in the meanwhile. So the deck that I am going to talk Esther into today is the Tarot of Curious Creatures by Chris Ann from Hay House. So we've reviewed a lot of Chris Ann's decks before. We yes. love her. She's a wonderful. Absolutely love person and member of the community and I think that this deck is so hilarious and sweet and playful so what my method is going to be is I'm going to talk about the deck itself and then I'm going to share my six favorite cards and then I'm going to share the six cards that I think Esther will like the most okay and then she doesn't have to tell us if she's getting going to get the deck or not because I think I know the answer already but we're going to (laughs) see we're going to see I will say up, up front I have a thing with bodies and weird faces. (laughs) So we'll see how this goes. (laughs) So this deck is, uh, it came out last November, November of 2021. And it is a, uh, uh, not scrapbook. What am I trying to say? Collage? Collage deck. How do I remember that? (laughs) She uses historical photos of humans and then has, heads of animals. And one of the things that I really always have loved about Chris Ann's style is the vibrancy of the colors. Uh, yes. And I think that this concept could have gone a very much like uh dirigitype sort of like sepia toned, mm-hmm. whatever. And she did not do that at all. It is she didn't shy away. vibrant. It is mm-hmm. colorful. It is silly. It is fun. And kind of the vibe of it that she talks about at the beginning of the guidebook is about this being about your own personal journey. And oh. so her fur, as she always does for so many of her tarot books, she wants you to go through the whole deck initially and choose one card that sticks out to you the most as a card that you want guidance from based on purely okay. what it looks like. Okay. And then kind of getting extra wisdom from that card as you use this deck in general. Uh-huh. Um, Obviously, she includes a ton of additional resources through the use of QR codes. Like all of her online oh, deck yeah. experiences are always so good. There's always music. There's always meditations. It's like she's so good at the website design. Oh, so good. It's really awesome. She and Jamie are two people who are like incredibly good at the digital 
yes. components of their physical tarot work. It's Absolutely, awesome. yeah. It's, it's I'm envious amazing. of their abilities. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so cool. So the other thing is that instead of doing upright and reverse, she does heads and tails. Uh, she also includes some spreads about kind of taking action and creating because that's sort of the vibe of the deck is like moving forward. Um, and then also she offers two different fool cards to choose from. Oh, okay. And I think this is a really interesting thing to do because this is a deck about taking action. Right. She has one fool card that is on the precipice of taking action. Okay. About okay. to jump off of a cliff. And then uh-huh. the other fool card has already jumped off of a cliff. Oh, okay. So oh, both of them are so like cute. spaniels. Yes. And there's like some symbolism in it as well with like, you know, mm-hmm. s- skybursts and different colors and yeah. symbols and stuff. But when you get it, you should choose which you actually want, which feels the most accurate for the fool. The fool 2.0, okay. which is not quite yet. Mm-hmm. A little bit more skeptical. You can see in the dog's eyes. Yes. Like, Am I doing this? I'm halfway uh-huh. done. Versus <laughs> the I've done this. What's going on? Sort of vibe. Right. Of the fool. So, you choose which oh. one you like the most. And since this is a deck about taking journeys, I love mm-hmm. that. Because it's yes. kind of like, where are we? Have we started right. or are we about to start? And then yeah. moving on from there. Yeah. You start off with a choose your own adventure sort of Yeah. Thing. Right off the bat. It's not even like, well, strength and whatever. Which one do you want uh-huh. to be where? It's like just from the jump for the fool's actual journey that you're about to go on. Do you want it to be something that's already happened or something that is about to happen? Like, do you want yeah. the tentativeness or not? So I love that. Other than that, though, it kind of it just follows the standard procedure. There aren't any name changes. So it's really, okay. really beginner friendly. And I actually think that this would be such a fun deck for like middle schoolers to use because. It's oh, such, yeah. It's so playful and kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's not like much. There, I don't even think there's any nudity at all. It's like very rated PG, but like goofy and silly. Uh huh. Um, but even with that being said, I think that the meanings are like there enough. She does a really good job. I think this might be one of the cards that I put as, yeah, one of my favorites. I really like the tower and we'll get to this in a second, but you can see that even though there's not a literal tower and it doesn't seem right. quite so destructive, there are dark elements kind of throughout it that make it a little bit more alarming. Yes. And like the card yeah, itself yeah. looks like it's been torn in half. So there's like some artistic decisions to make things still have the general meaning, but without a lot of like, like actual literal darkness in the cards, which is kind of fun and would be good for um, middle schoolers or adults with, who are super goofy. (laughs) Yes. So I do think that it's uh, appropriate for all levels. It's such Uh good cardstock as per usual. Hey house, her specifically, Chris Ann, with Hay House, all of their decks that they've created together have such good cardstock. Yes, yes, they do. Like the perfect amount of softness, the perfect <laughs> amount of slickness, the perfect like weight. It's just such a good deck. So it feels fantastic in the hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you can get it basically anywhere because Hay House is a big publisher. So you can find it at most bookstores or online or whatever. It's really, really accessible, which is also super nice. Uh, Okay, so my favorite cards, and then I'm going to give Aster's favorite cards. So first of all, the jewel tones of everything are fantastic. Like, there's so many excellent teals and pinks and mauves and greens. It's just, like, the colors that I love the most. 
and we already talked about the tower card a little bit. Um, let me remind myself if she tells you what kind of animal it is for those of us who are dummies. I don't know what kind of animal that is. Oh, it's a, it's a lemur, I think. I think it is. On the tower? I think it's a lemur from the, (laughs) I watched too many, uh, PBS shows as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is a lemur. It doesn't say in the book, but you're totally right. So it's one of the lemurs with the black faces and the white ears and neck. But I like it because it's still like tonally appropriate with the rest of the deck. But then the rip throughout it is really cool. Uh There's like a figure falling. There's chaos happening above. Yes. Also, her font in this is just chef's kiss. Perfect font. (sighs) So good. She's so good at that. Anyway. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I also really like the Four of Wands because the Four of Wands, as we were talking about just now, is so fun. And exciting. Yeah. And look at this bird just like doing a <laughs> uh-huh. little dance. And yes, it's creepy that they have human hands. Yes. <laughs> and a human body. But uh-huh. I just think that the colors are also great with the roses of the like strung between the four wands and then the bird itself being so colorful. It's a it's macaroni just, penguin. It's a macaroni penguin. God, <laughs> Aster, you're way better at this than I am. I know that this is I will, a do, seal. This the I will the do this the whole time. I will do this the whole time. The next okay, one is next a seal. Okay, next seal. It's a harbor seal, the queen of cups. Harbor seal. Oh, that's so cute. How cute is this harbor seal? It's a like little demure And it doesn't seal. creep me out that the arms are there with the that head. It yeah. does not creep me out. Well, and also the this first one so far. The, the, yeah, the little uh, like markings freckles. of the yes. seal on the arms of the body. But it's also, again, just like such good teal colors. The dress on the queen has like a fishnet with buoys on it. It feels so, so oceany, even though it's like mm-hmm. a seal with a human body sitting in a chair. Yeah. I love the color choices in like the um, starfish and yes. sort of the movement of having them kind of like swagged across the top. Yeah. I just think that it's like such a cute card. I, you might know this bird. I certainly do not. Okay. Know let's see. Bird. Let's see. The let's Knight see of could... Swords. Uh, is it a love bird? It's no, it's not a love bird. I'll, I'll figure it out. Just it's a, a colorful bird with like purple neck and then it fades through red and then it has a bright green head. But again, the colors in this just do something for me with the purple background and then this swooping of the uh, of the scarf and the dress. It's so perfect for a knight of swords because it has so much movement, but doesn't have the same grimace that like a writer Wade Smith knight of swords has this. Grimace yes. Uh, the six of pentacles just makes me laugh so hard because it's a chicken lady. Again, her oh arms are colored in like a chickeny way. But she has all of this really beautiful greenery above her. And the background is such a pretty color. And then she's dropping pentacles and corn on the ground <laughs> for, for these chicks. little chicks. Do Question. Do hens have the little goozle that's at the bottom there? I feel like that's a rooster head. I think some of them do. I mean, look at the eyelashes. That has to be a lady. I mean, this could be digitally enhanced know, eyelashes, right. like your like your prosecutor, like the ADA at your yeah, jury. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, okay, sorry. It was just eyelashes. I have a thing about chickens. Can so I was chickens like, yeah, I think they do. Have all of these are food suggestions: <laughs> grapes, tomatoes, pineapples, strawberries. What are those things called? Gobbles. I call them goozles, but I think that's a family name that we just call them goozles. But I don't think that's what they're called. Yeah, waddles. A waddles, okay. That's interesting. It's a way to stay cool during warmer weather. Oh, because okay. It, it goes into the waddle, or uh, the waddle oh, and okay. the comb to for the blood goes into the waddle and the comb because oh. it's easier for the heat to escape because it has Oh, now we know. 
now we know so can can hens have those things? absolutely especially okay. if they're laying hens <laughs> Ah. Which makes this even more accurate because she is. She's, she's feeding a, she's, corn to the little she's baby She's feeding her babies. One other thing <laughs> that so I really cute. like about this deck, and this is like so minor, but it has borders, but it has such movement over the borders. Yes. That the borders are like an artistic decision, not an mm-hmm. actual like bleed issue. So yes. in almost all of the ones that are my favorites, it's like there's a border and then there's all of this action happening all the way to the edges. Yeah. My final favorite card, and I realize this is probably like a University of Florida thing, and we have kind of gators all over our house because my <laughs> husband, as you know, went to University of Florida. But the Ten of Pentacles, I love Aww. that it's the Ten of Pentacles, and it's this two two it's gators. So Florida. It's like, Florida Keys. It's so Florida Keys. Like, look at the house behind them. That's yep. so Florida Keys. The- and the baby gators, and there's like a little puppy, Aww. and it's just so joyful, and the colors are so good. I love the mm-hmm. greenery all at the top. It's yeah. just like kind of a like great Florida tropical. I just mm-hmm. love it. That's cute. It's so, so adorable. I'm a big fan of that. Okay. So basically I love this deck a lot. And I yes. also have six cards that I think you're going to fucking love. At least I okay. hope so. I'm excited okay, to show okay. them to you. Okay. So- I am my, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I know. Okay. I know. And this is mostly <laughs> for the novelty and the joy, not for okay. any like, not for any terror. <laughs> Big serious meaning. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first one that jumped out to me as being something that you would really like is this motherfucking beaver on the Knight of Pentacles. Oh my gosh. Look at the bow tie on that beaver. Look at the bow tie and the suspenders <laughs> on that beaver. He's just like such a good knight. He's leading the horse. He has yeah. a pentacle in his hand. And he's just like a cute, adorable beaver with a bow tie so on. And it, that's a really perfect for a Knight of Pentacles too. Yeah. Because they're slow moving, methodical. Right. With a plan in place. They're mm-hmm. creating something that's going to take a while. For some reason, and I know it's the bow tie, but he also reminds me a little bit of our friend Anna's husband, Bryant. Yes, this is true. This is true. <laughs> I was like, who does he remind me of? It's Bryant. It's and he's Bryant. a Taurus, so that's perfect. He is. It fits. It fits. Okay, the next one. Oh, I'm smiling so hard. I wish that this were on video just so people could see. Like, my cheeks feel like they're cramping up because I'm they- so delighted by these cards. Okay, the next one up is the Four of Swords. What's going Which is on? a oh sloth. Oh my god! And again, That's there's cute. so much greenery above it, which brings uh-huh. some of that earthiness even to a swords card. And then it's just a sloth draped in purple, resting between the swords. It's just so peaceful. That's so cute. It's so That's peaceful. Really it's so cute. I love the sloth face too. Because it also um, looks frozen in time, like what happens when people pick sloths up, like yeah, when they're, they're trying to like, help them cross the street. They're like. Uh, I love a sloth. Uh, Oh God, what do I want to do next? I think that you're really going to like the queen of wands too. Okay. Because it's a lion, which makes so much sense, like sort of, you know, with all of the symbolism of that. And then the sunflowers are at the top and they're again going Uh around the border. The lion herself looks like a freaking badass, And then she's wearing Mm -hmm. this like beautiful golden red gown with her cat at her feet. And I just think that the lion for that is so great. Yeah. It's so it's it's so majestic and brings that like queen energy. And you can see that she also added fur to her neck and shoulders. Oh, so cute! To and kind of the, make that transition a little easier. There's a little crescent moon at the top of her of her uh, chair. throne. Yeah. yeah, I just think that it's so lush, and I love yeah. a Leo Queen of Wands. 
Yeah. Okay. So pretty. I also think that you'll love the Queen of Pentacles, though, because again, it's a Taurus card, so it's a bull. It's a. It's <laughs> well, a hairy I love cow. hairy cow so much. I know it's a Highland it's cow. So it's so furry love... and white and cute with its little like earrings or horn horn decorations of all of these yes. pentacles <laughs> ornaments and they also the this also is, is just like on this lush couch with a sort yeah. of brocade beautifully colored purple dress with the background of green it's just like yeah so pretty and it's one of those times <laughs> where i'm like fine call the bull a to- like yes. bull taurus queen of pentacles connection yeah when if it's a hairy coup it, i'm all for it, it. yes yes exactly if if it's give me a Highland cow and you can call me cow all day long. Yeah, That's fine. exactly. They're the best kind. <laughs> they so are. Cute. And then I have two more. The six of wands okay, okay. I love because it's a badger, but a British badger. So one oh of the my classy gosh. ones. Look at its classy dress. Yes. Oh, so it's like when, is it Wind of the Willows? Was yeah. Is that the Badgers? Yeah. Yeah, oh. but a girl version. She's like wearing yes. a, a, a like beautiful coat dress with a gorgeous yeah. scarf and a jaunty little cap. <laughs> And so I just cute. love the badger face. The, the wreath is is the pin in her hat. Yes. Like the wreath is so cute. The laurel, I think in the six, I think it's what the laurel yeah, is the called. Yeah, the six of wands. Exactly. Of the wands, laurel yeah. wreath is like a little brooch on her hat. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. And there's so all cute. of these roses being thrown at her and she just looks so like regal and accomplished. Fancy. And I love her so much. And then last but not least is, you'll never believe this, the judgment okay. card. Oh, really? Have you ever th- had anyone say, I saw a judgment card I, and thought of you? No, okay, absolutely not. your mind. Okay, okay. It's a oh raccoon my- god <laughs> calling to a raccoon's <laughs> raising from the grave. <laughs> it's like a jazz raccoon, Esther. Jam is chaos and I love it so it's much. It's so chaotic <laughs> and it's so fun. Isn't this fantastic? <laughs> I was like, of course. I did not expect that at all. I'm like, like crying. Just a raccoon jazz panda, <laughs> jazz trash panda calling up its raccoon brethren. I wish this was what the rapture was like when it was being taught to me as a child. I know. It'd be so much less terrifying if this is what the rapture looked like as a child. <laughs> A giant <laughs> raccoon. Anyway, oh I those are the ones that I thought you'd okay. like the most. Okay. And you're crying. So I think I, I That raccoon Michael. was very unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that this is like so whimsical. I think in the spring and summer, especially spring, like right when we all yeah. start getting so punchy, like or we're just past our allergies and we're like yes. stoked for the warmth and the sun. This is like that deck person that season personified to me oh yeah 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 oh that's wonder- so cute i know so I, I didn't even think to like look specifically at like the three of swords but i'm gonna find oh, the three of swords yeah find the three of swords i'm kind of curious to know what it looks like like so for the not all the the harder cards they still have cute little animals like the nine of swords has an owl looking all concerned oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so it's like with a barn owl snowy owl yeah the Seven of Swords, that you'll actually like the Seven of Swords too. It's an ostrich carrying <laughs> ostrich. a little bird cage and all of a the little... swords kind of going after it. And all the other birds coming, yeah. It's like, take it, don't take it. They're, oh my God, you'll actually probably like this one too. The Five of Swords has uh, a cat with a broom sweeping and looking oh. all mean with a little mouse with a saber <laughs> at the bottom. They're like in battle together. Oh, that's so cute. Uh, the three of swords is some sort of bird with just a three sort of poking okay. through the egg. 
So there's okay. a heart drawn on the egg, but it's not gruesome, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we right, were talking right. about in terms of like gruesomeness in general. But yeah, I think that the colors remind me a little, they're very like sort of mid-century joyful. Yes. Um, and I think that the combination of animals is all really thoughtful and well done and kind of funny mm-hmm. and like very compelling. Like I just yeah. really, really like it. I love all the movement that everything has. I love how like there are even cards with like significant drop shadows. And normally that's a pet peeve of mine. Oh yes. It doesn't bug Uh me at all because it seems like they're figures sort of existing in the world. And then they're captured by the card almost. Exactly. Right. Right. It helps that with that implied movement. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that she did such a good job. I think it's such a fun deck. Mm-hmm. And the sun doesn't have any naked babies. It's an iguana. Yay. A oh, sexy I love iguana. That. A, a sexy iguana. A I sexy love that. Lady iguana. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think that it's like, so it's very thoughtful. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. And it just brings me a lot of joy. So I think yeah. you should consider it. <laughs> I will I will say I will consider it because the face to body ratio was not as bad as I had anticipated <laughs> it's okay because because like it i have a very specific thing in mind so yeah. it was it, it exceeded my expectations so good i'm glad <laughs> now i'm talking Mac with approves my dog too. barking in the background <laughs> hey stop your barking man <laughs> <Mackie>. <laughs> i just threw a towel over her head she does not care no hey 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 we need to finish this episode. We have like have- one ep- we have one sentence to go, yeah, Mac. Yeah. I have students who will be in my virtual office in 12 minutes. You need to knock it off. Hey, stop. Let me just get through this and then you can bark all you want. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, She's mad about it. She's going to grumble on her way downstairs. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a little chaos for the end. We That's love okay. our animals. We do. We love our little familiars. Exactly. They bring excitement to every moment. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) All right. Well, that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at our website, which is wildlytarot.com. And tell your friends about us, rate, review us. Helps us grow and we really appreciate all your reviews. Absolutely. You can also follow us on Instagram at wildlytarotpodcast, where we will post a little graphic for the uh spread we did about ancestor work earlier yes um yes. or join our facebook community by searching for wildly tarot podcast on facebook and as mac is reminding all of us she you can join our discord server yeah <laughs> and we have additional merch on red bubble shop and everything that has we've talked about is linked in our show notes so yeah. give it a swipe and give it a look yeah pre-order some books order some books we talked about there's a lot of good stuff yeah. going on Good and stuff. remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love we you so love much. You. Yes. Matt does especially. That's why she won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs>